Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Ben and Jason here, and we're following up on a on a podcast that we did uh, a long while ago now, Jace, yeah? Yeah, a little while ago. Yeah, that's right. In respect to the, the, uh, the question that we probably get asked the most when it comes to the auction process is what types of properties are, are good for auction, yeah? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that it's a opportunity today to sort of update that approach because as different marketplaces come, different questions come and, and you know, and it's, and it's funny how questions resurface more often than not um, in different marketplaces. And ultimately, it always is a question around, you know, is this small lot of land or this big property or uh, what property is ideal for auction? And the question always boils back down to the thing for me, and we can use a few examples today to go through, but the question always boils down for me is that I don't believe that it's a factor about the property whatsoever because auction suits every single category of property. It's just a matter of the sellers that are really the thing that I focus on and whether or not their circumstance and them themselves are ideal for the process because the first thing that comes to mind is whether or not they see the auction as an opportunity for them and an opportunity to see market value and they understand it that it's an opportunity to see market value rather than get a premium. They will get a premium if it is out there and if we run the process correct, but ultimately, this is about finding value rather than just promising it, correct? I completely agree. I think that the seller is really the determining factor as far as whether the process fits them, you know, based on their motivation, uh, based on their desire to sell, and of course, their understanding of under, you know, getting market value, their experience potentially in the past, whether they were an expired listing or not, and of course, mm. um, you know, whether, whether or not the market has rejected the price that they wanted to initially achieve. But I think to add to that, to a second point is I think the agent can also have a, a an input as to whether or not it's the right property uh, for for the auction process. And it's got nothing to do with the property. It's got to do with the agent themselves. Are they going to do the work? Are they going to do the follow-up? Are they going to do the weekly meetings? Are they going to do the weekly reports? Are they going to you know, be in touch with the auction team? Are they going to do the items that they need to do? Because it's very much a partnership between the auction team and the agent. It's very much a partnership between uh, the agent and the seller. And so really all three need to be in unison as to the property and moving forward. It doesn't matter the type. It doesn't matter the market. It doesn't matter the area. Those things don't matter. Yep. Those elements don't matter. First and foremost, the seller. Is it a suitable seller for the process? Most times it is. And then secondly, is the agent going to do the work they need to do? Question for you. Um, would you prefer, because I know my answer to this, but would you prefer a property that's fresh to market or would you prefer a property that actually has been on the marketplace previously? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, uh, I'm i going to say that I would prefer a property that is fresh to market and I'd probably assume that you're going to say the opposite. Yeah, I'm going to say the opposite. Mm. It just, you know, the challenge that I face when it comes to a property that's previously been on the marketplace, certainly it's not a factor of uh, in Australia or New Zealand or any of those places that have mm. had auction established for, you know, ages, centuries, so to speak, um, is that it's a factor of that one of the problems is is when you oversell the process and what it will achieve a seller, being the agent goes in there and goes, oh, this is the greatest thing. It'll get us market value. It'll get us more than that. It'll, you know, there's an opportunity, you know, we get the bidding up and blah, 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 blah. And they oversell the principles of the process and what it is. And they don't sell the factor of that it isn't the promise of a price. It's a process, mm-hmm. which then they get to say yes or no to. And my biggest challenge with it is the factor of that they waste, if it's a brand new property, 
they waste and it could essentially end up with less money in their back pocket is that they waste the really good initial interest that any property gets coming on the marketplace and then they're presented with true market value and they don't believe it is true market value because it's under what they want and then they say no to it and the agent hasn't run process well enough to hold on to that buyer and continue to re-educate the seller along the way and ultimately the process of elimination isn't run effectively and it ends up costing the seller money because at least the process of elimination has already been done to some degree. And this isn't the right terminology, but the seller has been worn down by the marketplace or how long it's been on the marketplace previously to the extent that they are ready to accept it and they don't look at auction as the first scapegoat because you've got to respect folks that in a situation when it comes to a type of property that is the best for auction, it comes back down to how open the seller's mind is in order to listening really, to what is coming their way in respect to a feedback. And what does feedback equal, Jace? Price. There we go. No, I completely agree with you. And, and, and those properties... Well, no, are... you don't. You don't no, agree with me. No, I agree to, with no, you. No, no, no. I want to hear the justification after I've completely okay, debunked it no, for a new property. There's no but after my uh, opinion here, okay? I agree with your points, <laughs> all right? And I'm going to give you a, a counter offer here in a minute. <laughs> oh, good, good. This is good. No, no, no. I completely... No, what is it? It's the rub- rebuttal. Please. The rebuttal, The rebuttal, yes. please. Yes, this is a debate, all right, Ben? Now, yeah, good, now good. You've, you've had your turn, mm-hmm. okay? Please let, let the negative side have their turn. <laughs> now, I, I do agree with your points, and I do agree that if a, a property's been listed traditionally, whether it's been one agent, whether it's been multiple agents, and, and what are the statistics? 18% of, right now, 18% of properties sell with their first agent traditionally? Yeah, well, it, well, it depends on where you are, but that's that a blanket statement. I was talking to Kevin the other day, and and, uh, and his, his numbers for Southern California are that 18% of properties are actually selling with their first agent within inside the six months. Unbelievable. Like, Unbelievable. Which, is, which is ridiculous, but hey. So, so, so to those points, you know, once they've been, once the seller's been through the pain of that, once the seller's had that price rejected by the marketplace for a long period of time or a short period of time, once the seller has had offers rejected them and or had no offers or no interest and hasn't had the opportunity to accept or reject any market, yes, then the auction, of course, is, is prime for that to get interest back through the home, to secure some offers, to find out definitively where that market may be. Now, on the flip side of that coin is when, when you have a fresh property, as you say, you get that interest. The, the initial response from the marketplace inevitably is always the strongest through the first 10 to 15 days, give or take. And of course, those offers and that initial interest is always the strongest from there as well. Now, if I can get a property and a seller in a position where they are getting the interest through the home, and I'm talking 100 people through a campaign, if they're getting the multiple offers through the property, we're negotiating those offers. We've gone from not only the beginning to start from price, much closer where the expectation is. And I can paint an, an, uh, a very clear picture, which is irrefutable and inarguable as far as the value of the home, then I've got a much better opportunity to get my seller into that position as opposed to after going through traditional, 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 not to say this is a bad situation or scenario whatsoever, but typically when you're painting that picture or you're trying to give that evidence, it's again, as you would expect, much slower evidence. And this and this all comes back down to also, mate, is that our process in the very beginning and, I, I, you know, from our, our first po- our last podcast that we did, it came back down to conversations that happened before you even got there. One of the things that I like to do because this comes back down to not type of property, type of seller, right? And one of the things that I love to do to understand the mental stability of the people that I'm with, or, or excuse me, that's a very harsh, harsh way of putting it, just who they are, is that when you go through on the phone, I love to get a description of the property. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, can you give me a virtual tour of the home? And and what I mean is start from the very beginning of the property. You know, do you have good street appeal? Then you walk in and you, you go through as much detail as you can over the phone. And then we, when you get there, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, for example, my my dad is is an interesting case study that I've always used in real estate. And for example, you know, you need to understand whether or not you're asking a unreasonable person to listen to reason. 
because that becomes very, very hard. For example, I walk in the front door of my family home when I got dad to give me a tour of the property to understand his thoughts of the home when he was selling it. This was ages ago when we were back in Australia and he goes, I've got a great open plan living. I'm like, dad, there's six walls between here and the kitchen. Now you wouldn't say that to a seller normally, but already he's got an augmented reality of what exactly his property actually is. Mm. So not that that's a bad thing. Everybody's going to think that their property is better, but then you're going to understand, well, hey, they probably need to go through the process of elimination of going through traditional first, mm. you know, because, and, and that's a really good correlating factor to actually understand who they are. You know, again, um, uh, you know, we've got great street appeal. You walk up to the home and you're like, hmm, I don't know if I, my opinion is that it's great street appeal. You know, these are different things that you can really gauge in perspective with a seller. But Jace, before we move on from that, I've just written down a point so I don't forget it, is that as you were talking before, something sort of dawned upon me. It, 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 it also, I often give you great ideas. Oh, well, mate, yeah, you're the inspiration behind me, please. Um, but uh, but the, the thing that really dawned upon me was maybe it's not about the property whatsoever, and this is really bad. It's not about the property. It's not about the seller. It's not. It's about the agent. It's the type of agent that you have because if that agent's going to buy into what the seller is saying to them and they're going to buy into this process that you know has an incredible success rate internationally and they're going to buy into the factor of, no, it's not working or it's discriminating certain people or it's whatever it may be or that agent is trying to look for faults or or they're buying into what the marketplace is saying or they're you know, buying into the factors of, you know, oh, well, no, you know, auction doesn't have a great reputation. It's like, well, beg your pardon. We do so many of them. It doesn't matter. And it's consumer driven. You know, all of those different things. It really isn't about type of property, type of seller. It's type of agent because the agent is going to directly affect the outcome based on them buying into whatever principle the seller is saying. Fair enough. I completely agree. I, th- I think to a certain extent. Again, does. you're very agreeable in a debate. All right, mate. <laughs> I agree with certain points then ben all right and i disagree with other points okay now i agree that uh, the agent very much is the driver in this you know little experience and it's their job to navigate the seller to where they need to be to navigate the understanding of where the market is all those kinds of things but i also think that the that the seller is the passenger in my little automobile here um they're of course they're the ones that are inevitably making the decisions so that they're, they're the ones that can be the thorn in the side so to speak the property mate as you know, I don't care about the property, okay? I'm happy to say that publicly, all right? <laughs> there are nice homes, there are not so nice homes, all right? But it doesn't matter what we're selling or where we're selling it, okay? Now, I still love real estate, don't get me wrong, but the property with regard to the process or the value or whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. Therefore, I don't care about it. Now, see, my question to this is, is twofold. First and foremost, there are agents out there when we talk about a property coming fresh to market, be it traditional or auction. Are we setting up the seller in our 24-hour meeting as we should all be doing to say, hey, now, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, please bear in mind that the first t- 10 days are the most vital where you have the most traction. And oftentimes, we do get some really solid offers that mm. come forward. And sometimes, it can be hard to determine if the first offer is the best offer. All right? But I want to be able to caution you that oftentimes, but, but the first Jace, offer Jace, is the best offer. Again, we're talking about ideal worlds here. And unfortunately... And that's this not is a hard conversation, mate. Well, it's not, not a hard conversation. But this is the, but, but the re- I know that. But the re- and this podcast is designed to help people get better. But the, the problem is, mate, is that when it comes down to it in this conversation is that unfortunately, whilst that's an incredible conversation to have, like, for example, you have that conversation at the very beginning, I would always almost take auction away from a seller if they like it. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I don't know if this is the right way to go for you, first of all, because one of the things that we've experienced in one of my jobs here today is to make sure that you don't make the same mistakes Perfect. as other in the in, in past, is that we get get a really good offer in the beginning and then you don't believe it is a good offer because it's under your expectations and then you don't listen to it. We're at risk of that. Perfect. But what's? let me ask you this. What is auction designed to do? One word answer. 
What's auction design to do? I can't give you a one word answer. It's designed to get an outcome. Okay, now the outcome. And that's not one word. Outcome designed design. to get an outcome. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're getting carved up here, mate. Come on, let's go. So we're here to get an outcome. We're here to get a result. Now, oftentimes that result is getting our seller in the right position price-wise after auction. Oftentimes our result is leveraging the market to get to where it needs to be. So the weekend then make a determination, is this seller motivated enough for our business and for our time and our effort? Yep. Oftentimes that result is a sale prior, a sale on the day, or a sale immediately afterwards and a negotiation that happened on auction day. Yeah. There are so many outcomes to this. And the success of an auction, the success of an auction, be it first time rounds or you've been through six different agents over six different years and now you're going to auction where we get the result that result can differ but the the outcome that we're here to achieve is to get the sell in the best position to accept market value at the time what's the most exaggerated example you can give me of properties that we've listed previously that are so polar opposite that auctions have worked or or that 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 we've taken to auction mate last week Yep. Lucy Lynn Basin, she won't mind me shouting her out here on the podcast. She listed a property with a bidding to start from price of $8,000. It's a lot of land, okay? <laughs> she works out of our Newport properties um, Where is uh, it? location. Uh, the property's in Joshua Tree. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, nice, nice lot of land. Just out, out in Joshua Tree, there's not much there. I don't know if there's any civil works out there. So it's a, it's a pretty basic lot, okay? okay. Uh, on exactly the same day, we mentioned in our previous podcast, yeah. on exactly the same day, Bob oh, Wolf listed a property with a bidding to start from price of $8 million on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have two very different sellers. You have two very different agents. You have two very different property types. You're going to inevitably have two very well, different well, let's, buyers. You've got two different marketplaces. Let's talk about type of property for a second in respect to Bob's property. Is that we're dealing with an incredibly good client of Bob's and... and uh, it's a it's a guy that I know personally and have been involved with him personally since Calista and I moved to the U.S. and on a social occasion, um, and um, and ultimately Bob um, Bob said let's go to auction and I verbalized very from the very very beginning because Bob knew that I knew this gentleman he's called me about it um, and said hey um, you know this gentleman wants to go to auction he's actually said to me he wants to go to auction I said well Bob I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Because ultimately what I can see happening is he wants X amount of dollars and it's, we're going to get an offer in the very beginning for X, which is much lower than what he wants. And he's going to say no to it. And then we're, it's just going to set up for a bad conversation later when he says no, because we need to realize that if we can get anybody on paper for a property at that caliber and that price point, you know, with the, with the, the amount of properties that are on the marketplace that are coastal front at the moment, is that he probably needs to take it with two hands. Do you mind me having a conversation with him about that, that in the very be beginning? That follow-up question. Have you had that conversation? And we have. And... and and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I don't know if that, that I'm 100% comfortable that he took it on board. So it may, not have, it may not have sunk in, but you've had the conversation. I've had the conversation to follow up with later, and I will follow up with it later, um, or you will follow up with it later. But the, the, the reality is, is that I think that this is a situation, Jace, where you know, I might even be too close to this gentleman to, in order to have the conversations that you might need to step in from a third-party perspective as well. You know, Because I know Bob is, certainly, mm. a very, good, very dear friend of Bob's. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, Bob expressed that concern as well, um, you know, and, 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 you know, it's just, again, it comes back down to the seller and their willingness to actually look at things, their willingness to move on, their willingness to understand, you know, and then it comes back down to the type of agent so that is go. going to be involved. So here goes. So what we're actually discussing here is we've actually got two very different polar opposite properties, polar opposite locations and situations here. And what we're effectively saying out loud here is that the $8,000 property is a little bit more attractive in an auction capacity than the $8 million property. Potentially, mate. I mean, but they, but but that that just there that defuncts uh, debunks rather this this whole theory of our uh, auction 
auctions luxury properties or auctions a certain price point or auctions in a certain area or whatever it might be, yep. we've actually just gone to the most basic of property type you could possibly imagine over that luxury type, over that that uh, desirability that everybody dreams of, you know, owning a home like that. Well, I think that, you know, the 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 situation was certainly set up to the perspective of that, you know, I said to Bob on the first phone call, this should go traditional first, Bob, and he should be softened up by the marketplace, probably without like getting really any showings on the property. Um, because the neighbourhood is in direct um, competition with another neighbourhood that's newer and it's, you know, it's, 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 still it's got... Building there. Yeah, yeah, they're still building there. You know, it's, it's, it's more modern and it's all these different things. Um, and, you know, we, need, we potentially needed to soften up the marketplace like for example you know the the ritz cove property that we sold number one ritz cove with bob that property there transacted for 11.75 million but ultimately the original list price on that property was 16 million that i can't believe there was six agents that actually went through and indulged the delusions of grandeur with the seller without any price reductions guys like this is it's just absolute ludicrous and it came down to the point that she got to the point that there was it was just, I just don't want to have my home on the market anymore. I do not want to own this. This is the funny thing at that price point. And of course, you know, we're talking about a, you know, somewhat rare, rare situations and not every agent has this, this situation happen to them. But when you're wrong at that price point, you're a long way wrong. Oh, you know, when, yeah. when you're promising you're, price you're or whatever. You're 20, 30, 40 you percent wrong. so far. And we're talking millions or in some cases, tens of millions of, of dollars off when you are wrong on value here. It's not a four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar property you know, my example before an eight thousand dollar lot where you're a couple of grand off. You're five grand, you're ten grand, you're twenty grand, you're and thirty grand. And it's this interesting millions of and dollars. And it's interesting how it's it's funny and we'll use this we'll use Ritz Cove as an example, that one that we sold, because one of the reactions that we get to that result is that we'll because well, I, I mentioned what it was previously listed at, like sixteen point nine five five or whatever nine nine five. Um, and we mentioned that we sold it for eleven point seven five million dollars. And it's funny how um, we can attest to that that was market value so easily because all of a sudden um, there was a bidding to start from price on that property of $8 million. And then ultimately, you know, we ended up getting three offers within the same price point when there was never an offer on that property for years, mm. years and years and years. That's the thing, is that? And, and it's just amazing how it can trigger the marketplace in order to make a decision. And then the consistency of where that marketplace sat without any influence by us as the listing team or the auction team. Hmm. That's the one key thing. But guys, types of property, there are so many different factors, and I think that what this boils down to today, to just sum up the, uh, the argument that I've clearly won, um, that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, good, good stuff. That, uh, that ultimately, guys, it doesn't matter about the actual property itself. It comes down to sellers. It comes down to your ability to set the process up correctly from the beginning and potentially having that conversation with them that, you know, I'm frightened that auction might not be the right thing for you in the beginning because you may say no to a good offer in the beginning, even though it is market value and it's so on and so forth. I think that they're all the things that need to be turned in. But the final thing is that the type of agent that you are to run this process perfectly, because if you're not willing to run it the way that it needs to be run, guys, just don't offer it in the beginning, please, or don't offer it at all. Um, But again, appreciate you listening in. I look forward to you tuning into the next episode of Rethink Real Estate.